When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome in to the CHO Bulls Podcast. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, I am Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Joined by my guys, Big Day Pal, BWL Sports. Power. Will the Go Golly, Will underscore Golly. Our pal producer, Joey Spath, is behind the scenes on the controls. He's at Joey Spath. We are CHO underscore Bulls. Well, Audible doing a uh, remote show to kick off the week today because somewhere at Soldier Field yesterday, Dave, I apparently picked up a, a pretty nasty cold. So, I figured I would save you guys from that cold and uh, stay away from, from the studio today. But uh, how are you guys? How's your Monday? Monday's good. I got my. Oh, you go did. On, go. No, go first, sir. What do you mean? I you earned this name. You I'm feeling. First. I'm feeling good, man. I had a had a doctor's appointment this morning. I got my vehicle emissions test done. Feeling productive adult. today. That's a productive. Let's talk basketball, baby. Look at that! Look at that adulting, getting you know, go checking things off his to do list like a boss. Yeah, I was just sitting around, just just looking at my skin and how amazing it looks, and I'm just you're really, glowing, Dave. You're absolutely you glowing. Really special. I really like it right now. Yeah, I'm doing my thing. Shout out to skincare. <laughs> Wait, shout out like to cold medicine. I hope it. I hope it heals you up soon, Matthew. Thank yes. you, man. Yeah, I've I've got pop schools, cough drops, and a lot of theraflu in my future tonight. Um, when when you say shout out to skincare, Dave, are you talking about a specific like brand or product, or just like the act and process of taking care of one's skin is the thing you're shouting out? Uh, yes, to all of what you said. Okay. <laughs> yeah, shout out to everybody who's taking good care of their skin and making sure it looks radiant. Shout out to the wonderful uh, product that I use uh, on my on my beautiful face to keep my skin looking like it do. And shout out to genetics because my parents give gave us all some incredible skin, you know, and this useful glow that I have. So shout out to all of my family members. Shout out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, lots to get to on today's show. We are going to pick up where we left off. Still have some Eastern Conference teams that we have yet to preview as we get closer to the regular season kicking off. So we're talking Sixers today and talking the reigning Eastern Conference champions. That's right. That's a real thing that happened. The Miami Heat. Before we get to those Eastern Conference team previews, however, Goat, I know you wanted to touch a little bit more on what we saw from Patrick Williams in their preseason game against Denver last night, getting a larger role with the Bulls' big three, getting rest uh, nights off. Uh, also, a reminder to anybody out there who hasn't done so yet, go read what Will wrote about Patrick Williams after last night's game, allchgo.com. Will, what is it about Pat's performance last night that you think could be translated to 
the, the version of Pat we see this regular season if he is, in fact, starting alongside those big three. Yeah, so one, and I w- I'll probably mention this a couple times because I don't want to sound like a wet blanket, but I thought Patrick was awesome last night scoring the basketball. That's what we all want to see, right? We want to see him with the ball in his hands. Can he create his own shot? Can he get into his own offense? And last night he did that. Um, I believe he was like eight of 14 from the field, 57% shooting. Um, just an incredibly efficient night. Um, and I think that's that's like what we want to see from Patrick. I think he we, we know that there's pieces of that in his game. And we know that he's not going to have, he had 28 usage last night. He's not going to get that playing next to Damar and Zach. So in the opportunities that he has it, I want to see him put up big numbers. We saw him score a bit last year when uh, when Zach and Demar rested in that Pistons game. I think it was the second to last game of the season. Uh, obviously, two years ago in Minnesota, he had 35, and that game is like, you know, still one of the best games of his career. Um, and so that's great, and we want to see more of that. And I think he's shown enough flashes when he has the opportunities to be able to do that. Now, though, that he has had those chances, what I really wanted to see from him was like the ability to create a little bit more of an efficient offensive repertoire. And when I say that, I mean, he was eight of 14 last night. He took four shots at the rim, five from the mid range, five from three point line, five of your 14 shots from three. That's great. Um, But I think like what what he and I've talked about, what Billy has talked about, It's like for him to take the next step forward and really for any young player who's a scorer to become an efficient scorer, what you need to do is get to the free throw line. You need to get to the rim and you need to get to the free throw line. Um, On a night where he had 14 shot attempts, he had one trip to the free throw line. Uh, For a night where he had 28% usage, he had only four shots at the rim. And I don't want to like criticize him too much because those mid-range shots are something that he feels really comfortable doing. It's something that is and should be a big part of his game because he's good at it. But for him to warrant having 28% usage um, on nights where Zach is playing, when DeMar is playing, he's got to be driving super efficient offense. And that means getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line, drawing help, kicking it out. And again, we saw some really impressive individual scoring from him. But what happens on nights where he goes four of 14 instead of eight of 14? Are you still scoring 20 points? No, you're probably scoring, you know, 10 points on 14 shots, which is really inefficient. So in order to kind of level that out, what I want to see is him getting all the way downhill, putting his shoulder into guys, dunking on people, getting to the free throw line um, and spraying it out. He, I thought he had a couple of nice pick and roll reps where he was able to make some nice passes uh, that didn't end up in assists. So I don't want to kill him there, but like he only ended up with one assist. So one assist, one trip to the free throw line on a night where he really dominated usage. These are things that like, yes, it's it's maybe like the next step for him. And so I don't want to criticize what he did, but like that's the next step for him. And for the people who are like, yeah, but Damar is like holding you back. Well, yeah, maybe he has nights where he shoots like this, Patrick does. But if, if the ball really is going to get turned over to Patrick, what he needs to be able to do is all that other stuff that Damar does, which is facilitate, which is get to the free throw line which is create offense for the people around him. So I really like what I saw from Patrick. It was really encouraging to see him. uh, That post move that he had, that fadeaway was really nice. He had a couple of like mid-range jumpers getting into the elbow area. 
Um, and then he did have a couple of really nice drives, which is like part of the reason why you just want more of that. Um, Marquet also had a good thread on Twitter today, which I really agreed with, which was talking about, you know, if this is the Patrick that you want to see, he can't play with DeMar and Zach, but he's also shown that he can play with DeMar and Zach, but doesn't do it on a consistent basis. There was a game against the Clippers two years ago and he had 10 points and 12 rebounds. He had a monster dunk on Isaiah Hartenstein slipping out of a, a pick and roll with DeMar. Like he had a couple of back cuts. These are the things that he needs to do on a day-to-day, game-to-game basis for him to earn the trust of the players around him. And I think that's the stuff that's going to take him up level. What he showed us last night is stuff that I kind of knew he had in his game, but the way that he talked to me preseason, the way that he even talked to me last year about wanting to level up his scoring, that's all getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line. And we didn't see enough of that from him. So again, I'm not going to be too critical. He has one opportunity in the preseason to be able to like put that scoring on display. He did it. But for, if we're talking about next steps, that's where I'm looking. Yeah, that's, that's well said, Will. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to get on him super tough uh, because I think he honestly has had a really good preseason outside of that second game. I thought he's been really aggressive in both of those two games, uh, especially that first one where it really stood out. And, you know, that was with the starting lineup. So when I saw him being aggressive like that, that kind of removed some of my worry, not all of it, but some of my worry that he can be this way with the starting lineup. Now it was about finding his shots and looking like that Pat we saw yesterday you know like you said that fadeaway or even getting the ball you know just going coast to coast we saw him doing a couple of those things in that first game I just really liked it in, in the second game because it, it felt more sure himself um in that in this one we just saw when he was going to the rim so uh, I like it um I saw him try to go dunk on somebody not this uh this game but the last one I've always liked that of course I want to see it go in before we put him on uh Matt Peck's Lowry Market and Miss Dunks uh, thing so I don't want to see that anymore but I, I like the fact that he's doing that but that's how he's going to get to the free throw line is doing those kind of things and just to compare him to because his comparison or as you all call it the lazy comparison is Kawhi Leonard for him so even Kawhi I think it took him what three or four years for him to start really getting to the line and doing those kind of things because then I think when he started averaging about 4.5 4.6 free throws that was his all-star year like when he started actually doing those things, then it kind of changed for him. Then after that, it was like seven free throws a game, you know, after him for that. So it's a, it's a, there's no really good player in the NBA that doesn't get to the foul line. It's free points. It's easy points. And it's scoring is the hardest thing to do in the NBA. So when you have an opportunity to get easy free points, you should do it and do it often. All right. So that's what he has to tap into. You're absolutely right on that. Will. Um, the couple of free throws a game for a guy with, even like you said, with that kind of usage, even though it's not going to be like that with this starting lineup, but just the fact that he's got your power forward and is going to be inside and a guy who has 14 shots <laughs> and one free, that's crazy. Like that can't be the case. Like it has to be more of that for a dude of that size and the game and the style of game that he plays. Now, when he starts doing that, of course, officials have to start recognizing that he's starting to do that stuff because he hasn't put that on display. So, you know, he has to just do it again. The word is continuously doing it over and over again. That's the same thing I keep saying about Patrick Williams um, going into the season. Yeah, I see it. I saw it. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. So I think that stuff is going to come with that. He has to tap into that, though, Will. You're 100 percent right. 
if he wants to uh, increase his scoring and, you know, make himself even more of a threat uh, on the floor for the team. Uh, Joe, can you put that comment from Jeremy Scott back up for a second on this Pat subject? Jeremy said, when will we come to the realization that P-Will needs the ball in his hands to get what we all want to see out of him? I unfortunately don't see it happening as long as DeMar is on this team. Shrug, just saying. Um, somewhere, our friend Mark K is triggered. Uh, yeah, Mark actually, did not buy into that. Go ahead, Will. I was going to say, like, go check Mark's Twitter right now because he has some really good uh, videos and tweets up that basically argue against that exact point, that there have been moments in last night's game, in previous games while playing alongside DeMar and Zach, where, for example, there's a play last night where Patrick stepped into a three, he missed it, he kind of went back and was going to get back on defense, but Io grabbed the offensive rebound, right. and immediately Patrick darted down the lane yeah. and got a, a nice pass from Io for a layup. Like Those kind of cuts is something that he can do no matter who's on the floor with him. Correct. Um, he can always be uh, trying to attack, you know, guys that are sleeping on him. I thought he did a really good job of just aggressively shooting the ball on a night where he was dominating possessions. He still had a bunch of really nice catch and shoot jumpers with no hesitation. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about here. I think he can do all that. I also think that there is some truth to what you're talking about in terms of him feeling more comfortable playing with the ball in his hands than waiting in the corner. But he doesn't have to just wait in the corner. Like that's a part of it. But it's not all of it. And I think there's a lot of stuff that he can do in transition. I mean, he had like one or two rebounds last night. He can get that ball and just take it himself if he wants possessions. Uh, he can back cut. He can attack closeouts. These are all things that's that are always available to him, no matter who he's on the court with. And for whatever reason, there are games where he doesn't take advantage of any of that stuff when he's playing alongside DeMar and Zach. And that is what is going to be available to him. So um Again, I don't want to frame this as like a criticism of Patrick so much as I want to frame it as these are the next steps for Patrick. We know he can do stuff. He's had moments where he's been a really good three and D three and D guy. We, he's had moments where he has stepped up and shouldered more of a scoring load. Now can he become an efficient scorer? Because I think what you said, Dave, was right that you don't see very many high level scorers who don't get to the free throw line. I would even take it a step further and say it's incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to be a high-level scorer without getting to the free throw line because you can't just rely on hot shooting every night. So that's the next step. I, again, I don't want to frame it as if what we saw last night wasn't good because it was. It's just that these are the things that I've heard him talk about wanting to work on. We didn't see those. So like, let's continue to press that. Let's continue to work on that so that he gets there in the future. Hmm. Uh, Will, is there anything before we move on that you can like, is there any universe where you can see Pat do something or see Pat not do something in these final two preseason games, assuming he's out there and, and maybe simultaneously if it's Tory Craig or anyone else show Billy Donovan something that could lead Billy to not have Patrick in that starting lineup for their first regular season game, October 25th. Do you think that that potential reality still exists? Um, Maybe. Uh, basically, what we've seen in the two games that uh, the starters did play was Patrick getting a quick hook coming out. He started, he came out after a few minutes, and then Torrey Craig came in to play with the rest of that starting group. And I think I, my guess is, and Billy tipped his hand on this, and then this is also what we've seen since. But on media day, he said, you know, maybe we put Patrick in the starting lineup and then we take him out and then bring Torrey Craig in and then bring him back in with the second unit and let him kind of operate. 
In the first preseason game, we saw that group where it was primarily a bench group and Patrick. Uh, in the second game, we saw that group primarily bench plus Patrick and also plus Zach. So I think Billy is using those opportunities to explore the things that Patrick can do with the ball in his hands. And I'm glad he's doing that because, look, as much as I think he needs to take more advantage of the opportunities that he has as a role player, it is also nice to see him try to do some more stuff with the ball in his hands because I think he can do both. Um, so that's probably my guess. I think from an optics perspective, it's just probably better for him to start. But uh, I don't necessarily see him closing and I don't necessarily see him playing exclusively with the starters. And again, I, I've, I've said this before, Billy said it a million times, like I don't think Billy or uh, anybody in the Bulls really, like the players want to be starters, right? Like they want to have their name called in the starting lineup. But Billy doesn't look at it that way. He's looking at what combinations of players work the best. And for this team, the goal is to make the playoffs. So really what that means is what two players operate next to DeMar, Zach, and Vooch the best to enhance what they do well. And maybe that's Patrick some nights. Maybe it's Torrey Craig other nights. Uh, maybe it's Patrick at the start of games, Torrey Craig in for closing games. You know, who knows what that combination is. But I think that's really more the way that Billy's looking at it rather than just like, Patrick's gone out there and outplayed Tory, so he's going to be the starter. Yeah, no, that's the way he should look at it. And I like the fact that he should do it that way. Like, it's about who that and what it fits, you know, for you and what it looks good for you. So even Alice Caruso, like, we didn't even mention him. Like, he could be the one that's in that line of doing it for them like that. Like, yeah, yeah. just whatever he it will, works he and will be the closer to winning. Yes, whatever works and moves you towards winning is what the focus should be. Uh, it shouldn't be, oh, okay, well, let's just leave him in because he's playing okay or I just want to give him more reps or, you know, no, nah, bro, like if you're trying to make the playoffs and you're trying to win, that has to be the focus. We know the three guys that are going to be in there. Everything else around that, it, you can you can change, you know, depending on the, the matchup that you have. So, yeah, Patrick should get his opportunity. I'm still under the belief that he should start and he should get that opportunity. But this, is again, is why I love Torrey Craig being there because if it looks like it's not working, or it looks like he's just slacking. All right, bro, come have a seat. Like, I'm not going to leave you out there again. You know, come have a seat next to me. Let's see what this young man is doing. And then go through your rotation and see, all right, Pat, do you feel like playing basketball now? You know, and let's move back in. So, yeah, no, I, I hope I hope, and I'm glad Billy has that uh, kind of outlook this season. Uh, all right, let's put a pin in the Pat conversation. I'm sure we'll circle back to it again uh, if he gets minutes and their final two preseason games coming up later this week. Uh, we'll take our first break. We'll come back. We'll dive into some Sixers talk. What the hell is going on in Philly? While we're doing that, don't forget to hit us with a thumbs up if you're watching along on YouTube, live, or catching the replay, and subscribe to our CHGO Sports channel if you aren't already. Today's CHGO Bowl brought to you by our friends at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, we have great news because Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Fox Lake have recently joined the CHGO team. At Ray CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now, during Ram Power Days at Ray CDJR, only in Fox Lake, you'll be able to secure 0% financing or 17% off of new Ram models. 
But that's not all. Now through October 31st, that's Halloween, explore their newly renovated showroom and take advantage of limited time seven year anniversary savings. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, you have to check out the team at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram because they're the only team that we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 and Fox Lake. For more information, visit RayCDJR and Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com. Serving the community since 1963. Mm. You know what? When I was at the office, I took home some hero bread. And I told you all I would try it out and see what it tasted like. I was very anxious to try this because one of the things that I gave up at the beginning of the year was bread. Like I, I said, I'm not going to do bread and I wasn't going to do sugar. Yeah, it's been hard. <laughs> it's been really tough. So looking for stuff like this, I'm like, okay, I could rock with this. Let me try this out. But, you know, you look at those things and you see no sugar, you see 45 calories, you see low carb, and, you know, the little Matt Peck in your head starts dancing like, it's not going to be delicious. What are you doing? This is trash. Put some meat on that thing and let's go. But then I quailed them and then I went ahead and I've toasted it and took a bite. Let me tell you something. It is delicious. I'm not even lying to you, bro. Like, it is delicious. It is a really, really good piece of bread. I'm glad that I found it. I had no idea that it existed, but now you do, and so do I, because Hero is rolling with C-H-G-O, y'all. The taste, the texture, it's awesome, all right? I like it toasted. I'm going to try it on a sandwich one day. We're going to see what it goes down like that. I'll report back to you then. But, man, it's high in fiber, and it's ultra-low carbs, and like I mentioned, zero sugar per slice it is worth your time and hero bread this is just coming from me right now if you make a cinnamon one i promise you i'm buying all of them all right give me some cinnamon bread so i'll make some cinnamon toast oh you'll be friends forever is what will be y'all so you guys can try it yourself get a discount code with your first purchase chgo is the code and you will get 10 percent off at hero.co hero makes sliced breads they make buns they make tortillas and they're all available at hero.co and on Amazon, y'all. Secondary nutrition is fewer calories than the leading brand. It's 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. All right? Now, right now, offering, once again, CHGO is the code. 10% off is what you're going to get with your first order at hero.co. That is H-E-R-O dot C-O. Save yourself 10% today because... It's just that good. Hero bread. Save yourself. <laughs> See, hero, get it. Save yourself. Hero, save. Got yeah, it. All right. <laughs> I got it. And this is why we do different ad reads because of our different preferences. <laughs> I still did the bacon. Did I, did I hit I that know, bacon? I know. Oh, we love I appreciate all our that. sponsors just the same. It's true. We do. <laughs> and for all of you people out there who are trying to be carb conscious, Try hero bread. Yes. Um, all right, gentlemen. You, let's uh, let's talk Sixers. Sorry, what will? I was just gonna say I forgot to bring this up at the top of the show. Should we just quickly hit on some transaction news, Bulls related? Oh, and yeah. I do wanted to touch on meaning like uh, waving Quentin Jackson, a couple yeah, other things. This morning, this Come morning, on, Quentin yeah. Jackson was waived by the Bulls, so he was the one that had a couple of really monster dunks. In preseason, the Bulls have to cut down their roster, and I believe now it's at like 18 or 19, so still a few more spots to go, um, but he he was the latest cut. And then also our guy, Javante Green, 
getting a chance to go to the Golden State Warriors. And it sounds like he'll be with their G League team, the Santa Cruz Warriors. Um, But just really glad to hear that from him because he obviously played at such a high level. I thought he had a chance to like really make some money and then had the knee injury and just wasn't really the same after that. So uh, really glad to see him getting another opportunity. We don't need to spend too much time on it, but I just wanted to shout him out. Yeah, shout out Javante. We all love Javante, man. He was awesome. Love Javante. Uh, so, so was it a two-way will that Javante signed with Golden State? Um, it says uh, that they are signing. It doesn't specify. It just says uh, that they are signing Javante Green and Yuri Collins um, and expected to land in Santa Cruz to open the G League season. So it sounds like he will be okay. with specifically on a G League roster spot. Okay. Well, I mean, assuming that there is some sort of window where he can get promoted to the real squad, however his contract uh, shakes out, and he proves to be healthy, he will not be on the Warriors G League team for long. Uh, I'd put money on that. Like, dude, if if the Warriors add five Javantes running around, uh, give me them to win the chip again. Love Javante. Happy for him. Mm. Championship right. Oh, man. You know who I'm not particularly rooting for right now? That's James Harden. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the Sixers. Uh, Philly finished last season 54-28 and 28 in the regular season, lost to the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference semis after, if I recall, being up 3-2 to two in that series. Um, Joel Embiid, first time. NBA regular season MVP winner, another big story for Embiid and the Sixers last season. And then before we get to the, um, you know, roster additions, roster subtractions, Philly had a pretty quiet offseason in that regard. The the loudness of their offseason came from, what do you know, a disgruntled James Harden who decided, who decided that he wants out again. Um, we have gotten a couple of updates about this uh, since training camp, you know, happened. James Harden did report to training camp after saying, I'll never play for Daryl Morey organization again. He's a liar. He's a this, he's a that. And here he is at the Sixers practice facility and he's showing up and still wants out. Um, but uh, what do you, uh, what do you make of all of this Harden madness, Gally? Um, I mean, can is it really like that unexpected? Like this, we, how many times have we seen this movie? Um, I will say though that like there's a there's a rule in the CBA that will allow the 76ers to block James Harden from becoming a free agent if he doesn't show up. So a lot of people think you know he's just going to pull a Ben Simmons and not play and hold out. It doesn't really work that way, uh, especially for a guy that's in the final year of his contract. There was a lot that went on with Simmons. Uh, He obviously had a bunch of injuries, um, but he did end up having to pay a lot of his salary back to the Sixers in arbitration. Um, And I think that would be the case if Harden held out too. He may or may not actually end up playing and, you know, maybe there's some like injury stuff that they mess around with. But I think the idea here is that the 76ers can basically block him, not just from becoming a free agent that can join any other team in the NBA, but any other team in the world. Mm -hmm. So they basically can end his career if they mm. so choose. And, and that's a lot of leverage. So um, I think what's best for both parties here is if Harden, understanding the situation that he's in, comes out and plays his best basketball. Because if you're the Clippers or another team, why would you trade for a guy that is disgruntled, that doesn't want to show up, that 
doesn't show up in the playoffs. Like you're not going to pay up for that guy on the trade market, especially if he's pouting and whining and not showing up to practice in games. So what he's got to do is step in and contribute at a high level and make it and kind of force the hand of another team and say, look, I'm playing really well. You need me here. Let's get this done. Because what Daryl Morey wants is the star player or the assets to go out and get one. Does not look like he's going to be able to get that kind of return right now for Harden. And for any of those other teams that are in the hunt, I don't blame them. I'm not paying mm -hmm. multiple you know, first round picks or good players. So I, I get it from both sides. And I think really he's just got to go out there and play. Uh, but sort of the continued, you know, comments about the lack of trust and like the, the relationship ending like a marriage that doesn't have good trust. Uh, you know, I think he's just trying to keep his foot on the gas pedal and trying to hurry this thing up. But ultimately, I don't think anything gets done until another team feels confident that he's going to actually play if they trade for him. Mm. And you know what it makes this suck even more, Will, is I think James Harden has the right coach in Nick Nurse for him because that really? is a point guard friendly coach. Um, he really does well with point. I mean, just look at Van Fleet. I mean, look at Kyle Lowry. Like he really does well with point guards, allowing them to be themselves, you know, allowing them to set the table, you know, like, and that is the right kind of offense that James Harden likes. They like to get out and they like to run. You know, he's not known as a half-court guy. Like, you know, they get out and they go. You know, of course, when they were playing with those Velociraptors that they had in Toronto. That's literally all they were doing. Um, I think I think he'll like playing for Nick Nurse. Like, I think it'll be it's going to be a dilemma for him. Like, because I really think he's going to enjoy the offense that is going to be put in and installed. Because Nick Nurse has already talked about taking, you know, a lot of the burden off of Joel Embiid, whereas Doc Rivers was the coach, like, no, give Joel the ball every single time down the floor. Like, and Joel is the kind of guy who likes, you know, feeding everyone. He, he wants everybody to kind of touch the ball because he feels like he plays better that way. And if he feels like that's how he plays better, then great. I mean, he's got an MVP playing another way, but if he feels like he plays better this way, cool. But I really like Nick Nurse. Uh, as a coach and as an addition to this team. And also, of course, I like, you know, we'll talk about the additions um, that they added, but it's a couple of additions that they added, I think will be helpful as well. But yeah, and I, James is in really great shape. I, like you said, well, I didn't expect him to come in, you know, wearing the fat suit or nothing like that. Like I expect him to come in in shape and doing his thing. Um, I think it was good for them to be in Colorado uh because there was less of a spectacle and it was easy for him to get out there and go to practice because he didn't have to go through the muck of dealing with all the media that he probably has to deal with in philly so i think that definitely helped but i i just really see this working for him and it's going to be a drag because he doesn't want to be there but i really like nick nurse and the offense that he runs and i think i think it'll work Demond chiming in, thinking that Harden wants his numbers and he's tired of playing second fiddle. That might be the case. Also, I mean, <clears throat> it doesn't matter if he's been first fiddle or second fiddle. Harden has nothing to show for his playoff appearances in the NBA. Some some regular season accolades and well-deserved. Yeah. I still think he has Harden version of good basketball that's offer. Um but yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how this sticky situation in Philly shakes out. Uh, let, let's now touch on those uh, roster changes around Embiid and Harden for Philly this past offseason. You mentioned you like some of the pieces they added, Dave. 
I am not that impressed with what Philly added to their roster this offseason. And when I compare it to what they lost from this roster, I, I see in that loss. Uh, but so they add Bulls hero Patrick Beverly, uh, who didn't quite get that multi-year 15 and 15 mil annual he was looking for from the Bulls. Big <laughs> shock there. Uh, they add Danny Green, Wiley Vett, who is, what is this, his second or third stint with the Sixers now? Um, okay. That dude's never retiring, apparently. Um, Mo Bamba, that news broke when we were actually uh, out in Vegas hanging out with the rest of our All-City crew for Summer League. People always are predicting Mo Bamba breakout seasons, Um, not this guy. And then sort of a last-second throw in there, familiar name, Kelly Oubre Jr., who was just like lying around like, oh, Sixers, like, yeah, that's a piece we can use. What what is it about any or all of those guys, Dave, that has you intrigued about uh, joining this uh, the Sixers core? Yeah, thanks for saying the word intrigued. I'm not like over the moon, like going crazy with these picks now. Like I'll just say I like some of the things that they did. Just want to get that clear, all right? But I liked Kelly Oubre Jr. and the signing of him. I thought that was a really nice fit uh, for him in Philly because they're going to need, because of the guys that they lost, they have to, you know, replenish their bench. And it's gonna he's going to be a good fit coming off, for me personally, because I think he can have the ball and kind of do what he wants with that second unit. Uh, depending on what starters are going to be out there. But I think he can have the ball and do what he wants, not to an extent, because you can't let Kelly Oubre just <laughs> go go crazy because he will, you know, shoot from half court and, you know, do some stuff like that. But he is a scorer, straight up and down. That dude can score. He'll get you 20 quick. Um, kind of like how uh, Malik Monk is doing in Sacramento. Um, he can be, he could be on that level. I don't think he's obviously there yet. Malik Monk had to, you know, play a lot of years, you know, and go through a lot of shit you know, to get to where he is in Sacramento. But I think Kelly Oubre being the guy who I can look at and say can get you 20 points, I, I look at him in kind of that light. Uh, I like Patrick Beverly when he goes to any team um, because I'm like, oh, yep, this is going to be fun, <laughs> you know, and then just walking into a place that's already chaotic. He loves that kind of stuff. Like, that's that's his wheelhouse. So I'm excited to see how that even works out, not even from a basketball standpoint, just looking at it selfishly as an entertainment standpoint. I'm excited to see uh, how that works. Danny Green, I mean, I'm just happy he still feels like he can keep doing stuff. I don't know what he can really bring, you know, to the team. But when you shoot, the shot is the last thing to go. And Danny Green is, you know, a guy who's known uh, as that. But I like the fact they also got brought back Montrez Harrell, who I've always been a big fan of. Um, I think he also is a guy that's, that can help them uh, coming off their bench. Just a solid player, man. Like he always has been um, just that kind of solid player. That could get you uh, 10 points, you know, a few rebounds and, you know, just be staunch, you know, like a good holdover while, you know, some guys are getting some rest. Like he can really be that guy, especially with the right kind of point guard around him, because he had his best seasons when he had that kind of point guard running that pick and roll and just rolling to the bucket, getting those layups, man, because he's kind of tough like that. So, yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of his. Um, Like I said, I like Patrick Beverly anywhere. Mo Bamba. I was a fan of his coming out of college. I, I just want to see him go somewhere and have success, you know, like, and whatever that looks like, if that just means he's a defensive shot blocking machine, great. But I just would like to see him have, you know, a year of looking somewhat successful uh, in the NBA. So I, I do wish him the best, but yeah, like they intrigue me. Like Philly kind of, <clears throat> Philly just as a team just really intrigues me. Well, when, when I sit and look at them, because, because of the coach and because of Embiid and because of the situation with Harden, it's like, man, they could really fall, but they could actually really surprise you because of the things I just said about Nick's nurse. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I believe uh, Montrez is out for the season with an ACL injury, um, oh, which ooh, is too bad. Um, yeah, because I, I really – they've kind of been like one of those teams that's that always hurts. looked for the right kind of backup big behind Embiid. They had Drummond for a little while. Um, you know, they, I think they they brought in Baba, as Matt said. But they just – Embiid can't play 48 minutes, 82 games. So you, you need yeah. to have – somebody that that can step in and like when your whole team is oriented around that one kind of star what happens when he's not on the court and can you still uh keep keep it afloat can you still play that same style so i think that's kind of why they went after a guy like that but um yeah i mean they have their pillars right they've got Embiid, they've got maxi who knows what's going to happen with harden will you get anything back in return will it be picks uh will it be uh, a player but i like what they have outside of that just in terms of like really high-level role players. They've got uh, yeah. D'Anthony Melton, who I really like, Tobias Harris, who I think is still very solid. Um, you know, They've got the right sort of 3 and D guys that can come in and be contributors around whoever they get. Um, Ubre, I'm not the biggest fan of, but he definitely puts up numbers. Um, he kind of like leaves a, a lot to be desired. You, you want him to be like a great 3 and D athletic wing. He's always been like a 33% three-point shooter. Um, he can't. He kind of ran wild with the Suns a few years ago, and certainly with the Hornets last year, where he could just like get shots up whenever he wanted. But when he was with the Warriors a couple of years ago, I think they really struggled with him uh, trying to get him to, you know, acclimate to their system. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. He he really is not. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But again, to your point, Dave, they have talent. They have the highest end talent you can have. They have the MVP of the league. They've got Tyrese Maxey, who I think is a, a budding star. Um, and whatever they get back for Harden, whether it's picks or a player, they're always going to be in the hunt. They've also got max cap space for um, up to two free agents next year. So they're not going anywhere. I think this year is going to be interesting for them where they're good enough to compete with anybody, but they probably don't have that same title ceiling as a Boston or a Milwaukee or a Denver. But um, I mean, they're going to be right there just based on talent alone. So it's like, can that things mesh well together. And I think you talk about Nick Nurse, who's obviously won a championship before, one of the more creative X's and O's coaches in the league. He also has a little Tom Thibodeau in him where he plays his guys just more minutes than you might think is humanly possible. So we'll see how that goes, and hopefully they avoid injury. But they're going to be a really good team. I think Maxie's going to take a step forward this year, a big one. And I, I don't think they're going to fall quite as much as people are expecting them to. Harden was really good in the regular season last year, and they are going to miss him. But I think they're going to be able to find ways to compete. And as we've talked about, the East is wide open, right? So, I mean, even though they might be a little bit worse, they could still be at the top of that, you know, second tier. Mm-hmm. Well, so- um, between uh, Jalen McDaniels and uh, Jordan Yang, Will, which, which one of those players departing do you think is going to hurt them more? Um, You know, I think the – the Kelly Oubre um, signing kind of replaces a lot of what McDaniels does. Like that team last year was just so unathletic and slow. And to get Jalen McDaniels in there, who can run the floor, who can get up and down, who can defend. Um, they just need a couple of guys like that. So I like Oubre for them there. They still have shooting. Um, Niang though, I think they, he had kind of a, a big role in terms of allowing them to play a little bit bigger, but still have that shooting like PJ Tucker you know, he's got to be out there when you have those lineups with Melton and Maxi and Harden because there's just nobody else to guard. So you, you either have Harris or you have 
Tucker out there. Um, but uh, Tucker really regressed. I mean, he's almost 40 years old, so he can't be out there forever. Um, and I think if you lose a step for him and you lose Niang, you're losing a lot of that big wing power forward kind of depth that I think might, uh, you know, might be hard to replace, but also it's just going to be harder for Tobias Harris now to have to do everything that he was doing as a three, four, but now do it as the four. And, and it's just, that's a big burden to carry. Well, what do you do with a guy like PJ Tucker? Like you said, a guy who's aggressing, but you know, he still, you know, has value a lot of it uh, for your team. Do you still start him? Do you, do you bring him off the bench? Like how do you use PJ? It's yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he had like a sub 10 usage rate. Like he just basically was not there on offense. He obviously can hit the corner three, um, yeah. does, does some nice stuff from the dunker spot. Um, and cutting to the basket where he can just like finish around the room if he's left wide open. But, you know, they've got him on the books for 10, 11 million this year and next. So that was that was a move to placate Harden. Um, and it does not look like it's really working out well longer term. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to move him or attach him to Harden in a deal to get off of that money. Um, I don't know about starting, but like to me, if you are... Nick Nurse and you're the 76ers, you just, you want to maximize everything around Embiid and Maxi. And I don't know, I feel like you need a little bit more athleticism, a little bit more shooting there. Um, obviously he really helps defensively, but I wonder if they can't do better with like Melton Harris and Danny Green or something like that, who can at least get some threes up. So we'll, we'll just have to see, but um, they also may try to like monitor his minutes until playoff time and mm. try to ramp him up during that's the, you know, playoff situations. Okay. Uh, obviously hard to project win loss record for a team that might be trading away its best player, second best player. Uh, Vegas has the Sixers win total set at 49 and a half currently. Uh, again, this team won 54 games last season. So maybe the unknown future of Harden is calculated into that uh, 49 and a half mark. Let's, let's just say hypothetically gentlemen um, that Harden isn't traded and they keep him and he and Daryl Morey reach some sort of armistice and they play out this season. Um, Harden's here and beads here, Maxi, Tobias, the whole gang. If that is the case and Harden is a sixer for the entirety of this upcoming season, are you taking the over or under on those 49 and a half wins? Probably the over. Um, just because, as Will put it, those pillars that they have. I mean, that's tough, man. Even them last year, you know, having the injury and things that they dealt with, you still have Joel Embiid. Like, that's a ridiculous safety valve that you have every single time. No matter what's going wrong, I got a guy that can get me 50 points and 18 rebounds, you know, and five assists. Like, I have that. So, it's yeah, I would take that over if Harden is going to still be there and play like he did last year because, as Will mentioned, like, he really did have a good season last year. And Tyrese Maxey, dude, like, for real, like, is, is that dude. He's really that serious and that good of a basketball player. I think having those three guys right there, yeah, they could – I would take the over if Harden is still going to be there and health is not an issue uh, with that team. So, what was it, 49 and a half? Yeah. Uh, that's a, I mean, if I'm, I'm staying away from that um, in terms of betting, but like uh, I maybe would go like 50 or 51 at the very most. 
Like, I, I don't think they're going to take a big step back. Um, I think if Harden's still there, obviously they're going to be like the same caliber of team. But they, I mean, they had the like Embiid push for MVP, played a ton of games last year. I, I don't see them kind of stretching him quite as much because he finally got the award. Um, I don't know. I just, I could see them and really like the Celtics and Bucks as well, just like take, take it a little bit easier in the regular season um, mm. so that they don't get just, they're not totally gassed by the time the playoffs come around. I also mm. think there's not going to be as many of those just super easy wins um, at the bottom of the East. Like the Hornets are going to be better. The Magic are going to be better. The Pacers are going to be better. The Raptors are not great, but like they're not that much worse. The Bulls, I think we all agree, are going to be better. The Heat, like all these teams are good. And I just don't think that like any one of them is going to win 60 games. So obviously 49 is a lot different from 60, but I just, I don't see any of these teams really like running away with it. And if you look at the Western Conference standings, Denver won 53, Grizzlies won 51. Nobody else had 50 wins. There were four 50 win teams in the East. Uh, Bucks 58, Celtics 57, Sixers 54, and Cavs 51. I just think that the the top is going to go down a little bit and the bottom is going to come up a little bit in terms of wins. And so I think they're going to be around that 50 range. But I, it's a stay away from me if I'm betting. All right, guys, uh, let's take a second break. We'll come back and take a look at the Miami Heat and our old pal Jimmy Buckets, what they did this offseason. Because it wasn't getting Damian Lillard. Hooray! Uh, hit that thumbs up button if you didn't do so the first time around. Today's CHGO Bulls brought to you by our friends at the Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. Football season is here. Basketball season's almost here. Pick up everything you need to elevate your football season, your basketball season, at Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensaries, located all over this wonderful state of Illinois. Sunnyside is your Home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of their high-quality products. They've got everything you need to elevate your October, plus the wonderful thing they offer, which is ordering online, sunnyside.shop, their website, and picking up in-store, whichever one is closest to you. Easiest way to shop, whether it's you're shopping for your cannabis or you're shopping for your groceries or your power tools order it online pick it up in store no matter where you are in your cannabis journey that process of ordering and picking up in store is the best and of course they offer their great transparent loyalty program that they call sunnyside rewards whether you want flour tinctures edibles they've got it and they've got tons of varieties of everything so head to sunnyside.shop Use that promo code CHGO25 when you check out and through the rest of October, October 31st, use that promo code to get 25% off your order. Again, that's promo code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off. Only one use per customer and you can't stack it with their other deals and, and coupons, but you can use it every time you shop. It's not just for first-time customers. Pick up everything you need to elevate your football season. Must be 21 and over or an Illinois Med card holder. And guys, if you're going to go to Sunnyside, stay away from the power tools, okay? Like, just put those down. <laughs> it's okay. But beer! That's the other thing that goes well if you're going to go to Sunnyside. You can definitely stop off and grab you some awesome beer, and the beer that you should be drinking is from the Goose Island Beer Company. It is supported 
by CHGO. They show us love. We show them love. It's been Chicago's beer since the Jordan year, which is 1988. They've got an awesome roster of delicious beer. The Beer Hug Family, the 312 Wheat L, that is the classic. The Full Pocket Pilsner, that is the Matt and Big Day favorite. And of course, since the weather has changed, since Joey Daylight Savings is happening right now, and the leaves are falling, it's that time, y'all. Oktoberfest beer is here. Why wait? Go get you some of that. You know it's delicious, and it pairs well with October. Why? Because it's in the name. Oktoberfest. Enjoy it. Drink it. You'll thank me later. So grab an ultra-fresh exclusive beer at the Goose Island Original Brew House on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from that tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. It is the Goose Island Beer Company, y'all. It's Chicago's beer, the true taste of Chicago. All right, y'all. Let's talk Miami Heat, a team that ended our beloved bowl season last year in that second play-in tournament game, making that big comeback in the fourth quarter. They went 44-38 and 38 to find themselves at the top of that play-in tournament and then made that miraculous run, upsetting the number one seed of Milwaukee Bucks in the first round in five games to boot, then going all the way to the NBA Finals, where they got gentlemen swept themselves by the Denver Nugget. Um, interesting offseason for Miami because of all of the talk about Dame. Dame ends up in Milwaukee. Miami, meanwhile, had a pretty quiet offseason, guys. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what Pat Riley's next brilliant, you know, evil genius plot is. But this summer, it didn't come to fruition. Uh, quick look at their roster moves. They've added Thomas Bryant and Josh Richardson in free agency. Uh, Thomas Bryant already making, you know, great meme potential. Uh, his preseason action in Miami getting dunked on by Wemby, Wemby from like the three point line, basically. Um, they did re-sign Kevin Love and then had the 18th overall pick um, Watkins Jr. from UCLA, if I recall. They also took a couple of hits uh, with their departures. Victor Oladipo gets traded, maybe not a big loss there. Sign and trade loss of Max Struess, who goes to a different Eastern Conference contender, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Big hit also with Gabe Vincent leaving in free agency. Cody Zeller, not like a huge loss, but shockingly, Cody Zeller was getting minutes for that Heat team, even in their playoff games last mm-hmm. season, which is terrifying. Uh, and then finally, hanging him up, UD, Udenis Haslam announced his official retirement earlier this summer. So there are the roster changes for the Miami Heat. Jimmy's still there, obviously. Bam is still there, obviously. You got Tyler Hero. You got some role players. Will, is this Heat team that we just watched go to the finals a real threat to be top four home court in the first round kind of good? Or do you see them more realistically being kind of in the middle of the pack fight that the Bulls might be in? Um. I think they're towards the top of the middle of the pack. I mean, I don't think they're going to be – I feel like the top two seeds are pretty secure with Boston and Milwaukee in some order. Um, beyond that, I think you have the 76ers, the Cavs again, and then the Heat. Like, I don't see that big of a drop-off in the regular season. I think they totally underperformed last year in the regular season. And I think, you know, they're probably not going to – 
go all out in the way that you some might some teams might have to or want to. Um, they're an older team, but like they were better last year than uh, the way that they played during the regular season. And again, I mean, if you're going to argue that the Bulls have a chance to be a top six seed because the East is wide open, you have to be able to say the same things about some of these other teams. And the Heat are no exception. So um, do I think they're better than the Knicks or the Cavs or the Hawks? Like, I don't know, maybe, um, maybe not, but like, I don't see why that's not a possibility. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're third or fourth, um, maybe a little bit, but like, I would be also not that surprised if they were in the plane again. Um, it's just that kind of wide open, but obviously when you have the player development that the heat have, when you have the coaching, the heat have, when you have the stars, the heat have, and you have Tyler Hero returning, you get Hawkins in there who I think will help you get Nikola Jovic, who has a year under his belt. He looked really good in uh, FIBA. Um, I just, and Josh Richardson is back there. He had a really good um, start of his career with the Heat. So I just think they're going to be good. They're always really good. And I, I don't like betting against that team. I don't necessarily think they're going to be like a regular season juggernaut, but I'm not trying to like say that they're going to be struggling to make the play in either. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if they were a top three or four team i would i'd be surprised um the heat they're so they're so strange because a lot of their mo for me is they don't really care about the regular season but they could still easily end up being a top three team like you said we're all top 14 even though they don't care um they just kind of i think like this year they just want to get there i think they proved to themselves last year that they can finish anywhere this is stuff this stuff jimmy butler has always said they can finish anywhere it just doesn't matter as long as they get in they're a contender to go to the NBA finals. They really don't care if they're on the road. They don't care about being at home. They just want to get there. And they continue to prove that year after year after year. They really do. They continue to show you that. They, it doesn't matter where they start, where they finish. As long as they get in, they're a threat. And so that's how they're kind of looking at it. And I think that's how they're looking at it this year. Um, I'm always th- not, I don't underestimate them. I'm like Will. I don't bet on against them especially in the um, regular season like that, because it's always somebody that I've never seen play basketball that, you know, used to be a writer or something. And then next year he's a three point specialist for the Miami heat. They do it all the time. You know, he used to mop floors. There's, they have so many Kurt Warner guys on their team, you know, guys who's just bagging groceries. And then the next year they're just elite basketball players that what they do down there. And in, in that culture that they do is it's amazing. You know what they do. So, I don't bet against it. I've loved, I shouldn't say loved, but I've been a fan of Jovich since he got drafted. I remember when we were making our top five uh, people to pick to draft that year, he was number five for me. Like I've always liked him. I just liked his game and how he played. So it's not really surprising to me uh, seeing him develop into this kind of player. I think he's going to be really nice. The guy they picked up from UCLA, I liked him at UCLA a lot. Like that dude always flashed. So I think he's in the right place as well. Uh, being with the Heat, and I think Jimmy Butler's the right uh, kind of guy he wants. He needs to be with, like for real. He has that kind of mentality, so I think that's going to help. Tyler Hero, I just want to see if he can stay healthy. If he's healthy, he's a problem. Like it's just that simple for him. Bam Adebayo, I feel is completely underrated a lot. Like Bam Adebayo can do everything on the floor, and it's not really talked about. Maybe because of his size, you know, or something like that. But 
he literally can do everything on the floor defensively and offensively, man. I've seen him carry this team in the playoffs. I've seen him do it. So Bam is really good. No, the Heat should always be get get your respect, no matter how, how you feel about them. And trust me, I don't like the Heat at all. The Heat goes straight to hell. I don't care nothing about the Miami Heat. But I give them that respect. You can't. You have to give them the respect that they have earned and the respect that they have deserved. From the front office to the coaching to the players on down, they, they deserve all of it. That's kind of where I'm at right now because I don't want to believe that this Heat team, because I agree with you, Dave, they can go straight to hell. Every day and twice on Tuesday, the Miami Heat can go straight to hell. I don't want to believe that this team is going to make some miraculous run to the finals again. Mm-hmm. I also know that I saw with my own two eyes what Jimmy Butler did in that playoff run, and I've seen Jimmy Butler do similar things in the playoffs before. But mm-hmm. I, I'm sitting here saying, how are they How are they replacing that production that they are losing between Max Struess and Gabe Vincent? And you might shrug your shoulders and say, oh, come on, it's Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Those guys were critically important to that team. And yes, maybe underachieving team in the regular season, as you said, Will, but when it was time to start playing best of seven series, huge, huge yeah. parts of that heat core. And I, I did not see them replace those guys in any way this off season. So maybe it's just because I'm a heat hater and I want to be skeptical, but I'm skeptical because they lost Max Schroes and Gabe Vincent and they played huge roles for that team. Yeah, they also got are getting Tyler Hero back. Like, I think part of the part of the narrative about Hero is that like if he would have come back, they wouldn't have made it. Like, maybe probably I, I don't know, but like part of the reason why it would have been tricky is because it's difficult to play Struess and Hero and Vincent together because there's no defense on the floor. But if you're replacing Vincent with Hero, you get more of a scoring burst, and you still only have one sub-average defender. So. I think they can replace some of that. I think Josh Richardson is really going to help them. Again, I'm not saying that they've like elevated themselves. Um, I do fear them in the playoffs because I think they've proven that they deserve it. I mean, they've been to the conference finals like four straight years, right? Um, yeah. They are a playoff team that is built to win 16 games in the playoffs, more so than a you know 82. Like there's the 82 game player and 16 game player that they're an 82 game or a 16-game team and not an 82-game team. Um, I do think that they have added a little bit more depth than people give them credit for. Um, Thomas Bryant and Orlando Robinson, I think, throw up the the backup big minutes. They've still got Kevin Love. They've still got Kyle Lowry. Like They're going to be a good team. Um, I get that people think that uh, Struess and Vincent are big losses, and they are, but I don't think that that, like, makes the bottom fall out. No, I agree with that. They and like I said, it's it's for me it's strictly because they pick up so many guys that we might not be thinking about or looking at and replace those guys because that's what those guys were. They were fill-ins, they were replacements for roster spots and they just went and balled out. I can't remember this guy's name they have on a team, but man, I saw him last year playing for them and I mean he was just all in for this dude for this squad. I got Caleb Martin, name, Duncan Robinson. They no, 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 not, not somebody who plays all the time. Yeah, it wasn't somebody who played all the time. Heywood um, Highsmith, but he will this year. He'll definitely get an opportunity to play this year a lot. Is Joey coming in with the name for me? What you coming in for? Heywood yeah. Highsmith. Thank you very much. That's exactly who I'm talking about. Balling right there. Highsmith is serious, man. That dude can play, so he's going to get an opportunity too to get out there and. 
you know, showcase what uh, heat culture and, you know, how they develop guys is kind of all about. So I'm always leery of players when they leave Miami, but while they're in Miami, it's, it's something in that water, man. It's something in that Pat Riley water that, that just kind of changes them. <laughs> yeah. It's called salt water. Real good for you. <laughs> uh, we are out of time for today. One more shout out to our friends at FOCO football season is here. Get fitted out with all of the best sports gear around from FOCO.com. Get yourself some hoodies for these Chicago windy temp days coming up. Get shoes, get signs, get bobbleheads, everything in between that you need to watch the game, hang out at the game, go to the game, go to the tailgate, whatever you're doing this football season, you can get what you need for it at FOCO, who have also kindly uh, donated some of our awesome set pieces at our CHGO studios. Go to their website or click the link in the description below. You can find it, foco, F-O-C-O dot com. And if you use promo code CHGO checkout, you will get 10% off all non-presale items in your order. Again, that's promo code CHGO for 10% off at foco.com. Bulls back in action, pregame, preseason game number four, tomorrow night, home against the Toronto Raptors, 7 p.m. tip. Goat, you will be at the UC, I presume? Yes, sir. Goat will join us for a part of our postgame show from the United Center. Dave and I will be back in the studio bringing you all postgame immediately following Bulls versus Raptors preseason edition. Until then... Follow Will for all of his Bulls reporting updates. Will underscore Golly. Big Dave is at Bow BWL Sports. I'm Bulls underscore Peck. Our pound producer, Joyce Pathis. He is at Joyce Pathis. We are CSU underscore Bulls. Thanks for tuning in. Hit the thumb on your way out if you haven't done so yet. Make sure you subscribe to CSU Sports Channel on YouTube. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great Monday night. Have a great uh, beginning of your Tuesday. And we'll see you for post game. See you right. Be good. Peace. Y'all silly like the mayor. 